Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being a part of this ongoing study of the Word of God. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So I encourage you to keep on listening and hearing that you may build up your faith. Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53 and verse 6, which says, All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'd like to read that again for you. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. My friend, would you agree with me that something happened that the sheep went astray? And why did the Lord lay our iniquity upon Jesus? He had absolutely nothing to do with our iniquity. Well, those are the questions that I will attempt to answer for you today. Let's travel back in time to find out what may have scared the sheep and caused them to scatter. Perhaps it was the shepherd who had abandoned the sheep because he was afraid of something or someone. I want to use what Jesus said in John 10 verses 11 to 13 so that we may know who is the good shepherd and who is the enemy of the sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But the hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and he does not care about the sheep. Now let's look at the situation in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are going about their business as the Lord had instructed them. Then the devil appeared, pretending to be the carrier of good news. News that will bring knowledge, wisdom and understanding and prosperity. I'm sure you've heard that kind of preaching before. So he delivers the so-called good news and he sets a course of action that will put all future generations at odds with God. Even the earth will be in a state of groaning. Let me play that conversation for you. Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 to 10. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the tree that is in the center of the garden The fruit of that tree, God has said, if you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that, that it was pleasing to the eye and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Beloved, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit in disobedience to God's command, something happened in their DNA that would allow their sin of disobedience to be passed on to every person who would be born into this world. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 3 verses 10 to 12 which says there is none righteous no not one there is none who understands there is none who seeks after God they have all turned aside they have together become unprofitable there is none who does good no not one verse 23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Here is the proof of that generational curse that started with Adam. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. God says what he means and he means what he says. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17 he said, And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou shalt eat is therefore thou shalt surely die. My friend, sin is disobedience to what God has said and the punishment is death. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Now let's go back to the garden at the scene of the crime. First of all, I want you to know that I am not a forensic scientist or a biologist, or a genetic scientist. But I do have this notion that may seem reasonable. And as you know, there is nothing wrong with reasoning with the Lord. Isaiah 1.18, he said, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins may be scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they may be like crimson, they shall be as wool. So this is my hypothesis. When God created Adam, 
he placed in him a single stranded molecule called RNA, which stands for ribonucleic acid and contains a sugar called ribose. God was quite pleased with Adam as his friend and as someone he could talk to during the cool of the day. And so we see in Genesis 3.8 that reproduction was not on God's mind, hence the single-stranded molecule. But then God thought that it was not good for man to be alone, so he made him a woman. Genesis 2, 21 and 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from the man made him a woman, and brought her unto the man. Now. God has reproduction on his mind. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Because plans had changed, God had to modify the RNA into a double-stranded molecule called DNA or deoxyribonucleic acid. It is in this DNA that we find all the genetic coding and information that pertains to life, character traits and the like. What's interesting about DNA is that it has lost an oxygen molecule from one of the carbons in the ring. I believe, and again, I am reasoning with the Lord that His Word was present to replace that lost oxygen molecule. Have you ever noticed that when you put a lid over a burning candle and it goes out? The reason is because it was deprived of oxygen. The same goes for the DNA. It has lost the oxygen molecule, but because of the presence of God, it is kept alive. Beloved, we would not be alive without the presence of the Lord. In John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he would dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? My beloved friends, I want you to play, I want you to pay close attention to what I'm about to say. When the devil tempted Eve and she came in agreement with him, she removed God's presence from her DNA. And then the deoxy process began. There was no oxygen present to keep the light burning in her soul. The dimming process had begun, and soon life would be gone. The wages of sin is death, my friend, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is hope for a new life in Christ, but the iniquity had to be dealt with.
Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 12 gives the answer which only one man could provide. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Jesus, the suffering servant, the redeemer of the world. In John 10, 14 and 16 and verse 17 he said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and I'm known of mine and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. So Isaiah 53, 4-12 says, and I close with this, Surely he had borne our grace and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that's the verse we're dealing with today. The Bible says that he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased the lord to bruise him yet put him to grief and when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the lord shall prosper in his hand he shall see the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquity. That's what Jesus did. He bore our iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he had poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Beloved, that's what it is. The devil may have caused you to be scattered. He may have caused you to lose your joy, your home, your husband or your wife. He may have caused you to seek love and happiness in all the wrong places. Some of you may be addicted to drugs and alcohol, but I'm here today to tell you that there is hope. The battle is over. It has been won. Lord Jesus is the victor. The oxygen molecule has been replaced by the light of God's word. You are born again. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are now the light of the world. 
John 5.14-16 says, Let your light so shine before men, that may, they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. My dear friends, if you find yourself naked and hiding from God, rather than clothe yourselves with fig leaves, why don't you come and be clothed in God's righteousness? And you can do that by saying this simple prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I confess that I have sinned against you. And I have lived a life that was not pleasing in your sight. Forgive me, Lord, and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Precious Lord, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. And Lord, according to your word, I'll remind you, your word in Romans 10.9 declares all of these things. That if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. And so I declare that I am saved. But help me, Lord, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved, I'd love to stay and talk with you some more, but I'm out of time. I want you to feel free to share the good news with us that we may rejoice with you. Just hit the message tab and let us know. So till the next time, this is Anthony saying, Jesus is Lord.